Do you remember, I don't know if they had them when you were a kid, but the Dairy Queen that was near my house growing up. I remember that Dairy Queen. Had <laughs> No, I don't they remember. They had that. Nerds Blizzards. Sounds Ooh, so awful. Wow, that it, doesn't It doesn't does sound that well. That, it doesn't sound that great, but like the vanilla soft serve with like rainbow nerds. Mm. Oh man, and it like kind of turns the ice cream like a rainbow <laughs> color and a very natural rainbow color. Yes, yeah. <laughs> It doesn't sound appealing, but man, it was my favorite Blizzard to get as a kid. Oh, and they man. stopped selling them. They don't do them anymore. So you'd have to make your own somehow. I know. But it's not the same. <laughs> no, it's not the same as <laughs> Patty in the like back a, putting it together for you. The $1,000 soft serve machine in my house, yeah. Oh, yeah. Or you could just buy soft serve and then add the nerds yourself. Oh, that's smarter. <laughs> it's nerd smart. <laughs> it is. I should just right. go into a, a, one of those like self-serve frozen yogurt places just bring my own nerds welcome to predator minute the podcast that breaks down the 1987 action sci-fi classic predator one minute at a time i'm john zabriskie and i'm jeff glover and joining us today <laughs> is aaron zabriskie thanks for joining us aaron happy to be here john <laughs> yeah good to have you back Back! Back! Mac, 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 Mac! Uh, we're talking minute 61 of Predator. Minute 61 opens with Dutch looking up into the trees, and it ends with Dutch holding a life support knife mm. and saying, Anna. Anna? Anna. Anna? Anna. Anna? <laughs> I don't know. He says Anna, she says Anna. Let's call the whole thing off. <laughs> so, uh, looks like. Uh, we have a couple different sections here, really short first part, a long second part. So, Jeff, you want to take us from the top? Yeah, let's do it. Um, yeah, so this first little section just carries over from last minute. It's only about 12 seconds or so. And uh, we f finish kind of Dutch's thought here. So we we had the Spielbergian zoom on his face, right, last mm -hmm. minute. And uh, so now the camera has kind of circled around and, and is back on him. And uh, he looks up into the trees and has an epiphany and mm -hmm. says he's using the trees. Mm. And then we get a shot of him walking up the hill away from the camera. And that brings us to the second part of the minute here. So this first little section really just finishes off his uh, epiphany that started in the last minute. Yeah, and it's, uh, it's, it's nice that the characters are figuring out what's going on relatively quickly in the movie. Um, if this is, or at minute 61, it was just in the mid forties that their team started being killed and figuring out just 15 minutes after that, I think, uh, is, is a nice quick realization for, uh, Dutch and the rest of the team. Yeah. It, it, it's really nice in this, uh, section of the movie as we're kind of bridging the gap from the, the middle section to the final face off we get with Arnold and the predator that I mentioned this last minute, like stuff just moves. Just mm -hmm. like you were saying, like every minute we get a little bit of a revelation, the the story moves along and it really just cooks here. Like it goes beat to beat to beat to beat, just pushing mm -hmm. us towards the climax of the film. Yeah. Uh, it's a good reminder. And I made this note, but it's a good reminder that the terrain is very, very rugged where they're filming. And I can't tell if this is part of Vallarta or if this is Palenque because there's a lot of dead leaves on the ground, but it's also very, very green out. So who knows if they're moving those potted ferns and 
potted jungle trees around just the right place. But uh, yeah, it's that reminder that the terrain is, is very tough and that uh, the team and the crew while they're filming had to go up and down and find the right um, angles for filming. Uh, yeah. In the script, the one big difference. Oh, sorry. Did you want to talk about that real quick? Oh, I was just saying uh, he really has to like climb up that that hill mm-hmm. to get back up to his his homies within the camp, right? Yeah. And, and even you know stuff like that on film doesn't look very steep, but you can tell when he's climbing up that it, he's really like he almost has to put his hands down and scramble up that little hill. Yeah, it's, yeah. Hard, it's hard to like carry a swagger as you like <laughs> almost double over trying to go up that steep terrain. I think the last thing I was going to say was da, 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 da. I, I like it where the characters in the movie I'm watching are like realizing things or they're smart enough to work things out and they're not just playing dumb for the, the sake of the plot and the sake of our entertainment. They're not just running into really stupid fates here like a traditional horror movie where a lot of people are just clueless about what's going on or they run up the stairs instead of leaving the house or they you know, just pick all the wrong choices in a row to, to lead to their doom. I always used to get frustrated. Well, I still get frustrated when I'm watching a movie and in as I'm watching it, just the series of events that have taken place, you're like, this particular character should have figured this thing out and they right. don't, right? And you're just like screaming at the screen like, that. you're dumb. Like, why are you making that decision? Like, you should have figured this out. So yeah, like that's nice. You don't get that at all in this movie. Like people figure things out in a way that mm-hmm. makes sense. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and most of them meet their doom just because they're just outwitted by the predator. Uh, and because the predator, let's just not, let's not lie here. The, the predator cheats, the predator straight up cheats. He's not fighting them on a, a, a fair ground. <laughs> a, a, He's a, a camper. Fair one versus one. He's a camper. <laughs> <laughs> he turns invisible. Come on. That's like a gold knight cheat right there. If there ever was one. <laughs> Seriously. So uh, the second part here, and I think there are three of us, we should do a a, a dramatic reading. So, um, I mean, Jeff, you're obviously going to take Dutch on. And then it's between (laughs) Aaron and I to choose who does Anna Anna and who uh, takes Dylan's lines. Aaron, uh, what what was your preference? You're the guest. I I like to be Anna. Okay. You like to be Anna. Give a little bit of a nice little twang to her lines. A little bit. Yeah, passion, sabor, flavor. Uh, That makes you Dylan. Dylan! 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 I think he has the best line in this conversation, or lines, so... He does. I think you win, yeah. Fucking lizard. Fucking lizard. Fucking lizard. Bullshit psych job. Bullshit psych job. It's dramatic line read time. We need some, like, special music here. What would be good music here? Because pretty soon we're not going to have any more dramatic line reads, let's be honest. That's true, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm. We'll think Kierke of something. should just have like a like a three second jingle. Dramatic line read. Dramatic line. Re- I think that's it. It'll just be your <clears throat> just uh, me jingle. doing that. Dramatic line read. There you go. There it is. I think we have it. We just made it. Just coned a whole new uh, sound drop. Coned a drop. <laughs> All right. So Dutch, you want to start us off? Dramatic line read. Yesterday, what did you see? You're wasting your time. No more games. I don't know what it was. It's... Go on. It changed colors. Like the chameleon. He uses the jungle. You saying that Blaine and Hawkins were killed by a fucking lizard? That's a bullshit psych job. There's two or three men out there at the most. Fucking lizard. What's your name? Anna. 
scene. And a dramatic line read. And scene. Wow, well done. Was that our first three-person dramatic line reading? Maybe. Might, oh, maybe we had Toby on, and maybe he did a three-person, but that might have been the only other one. We didn't. What didn't we have all three of us with uh, Eric Deutsch? It's all bullshit. You set us up. It's all bullshit. No, that was just you two. It was just us. Mm. Yeah. You set us up. You set us up. We need to get him back on just so we can do more Arnold. That was great. Yeah. Some more more angry Arnold. <laughs> yeah. That was beautiful. Thanks, Anna. Anna, that was wonderful. It was. You really sold it. Yeah. And I totally forgot to color code Anna Anna's uh, last line there. So thanks oh. for saving my bacon. Yeah, there it is. Um, like the so, the so uh, within this conversation here, we get um, Dylan being the contrarian as usual. Dylan. 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 And we get Dutch uh, has had his epiphany and is now like, no more games. Time to figure this shit out. And mm-hmm. we get a big <laughs> sort of somewhat of a reveal here, right? With, yeah, a uh, couple reveals. Anna Anna. One is that she speaks English. Yes. And has spoken English this whole time. <laughs> he somehow shook her and convinced her enough not to, to right. stop speaking Spanish. Yeah. Stop fooling yeah. with us. Yeah. <laughs> time to start I, speaking English. I'm asking you guys about this. <laughs> American tradition. Yes. <laughs> Yelling at the foreigner until they speak English. Right. Just, <laughs> just say it to them louder and more enunciated. <laughs> yes. And they will understand you. No more games. No more games. I had a question about this because he doesn't seem that, I mean, he, I guess he does grab her and is like holding her by the shoulders, but he doesn't seem that intimidating. Is it, do you think it's just the earnestness of his stare into her eyes that convinces her to, to give up the, the game and, and spill the beans? Maybe like uh, previous team members who have interacted with her mostly been aggressive. And mm. even though you're saying like, maybe there's the physical aggressiveness here, uh, the verbal is not as, I would say, uh, hmm, like interrogative. Still, he's still asking questions, but he's like, I think, doing it a little bit more what about the gently. Big than... knife. Yeah, the big knife, but that comes out after. Uh, <laughs> it comes out after he says, "What's your name?" Yeah, <laughs> and if that's the point, it's like. Well, shoot! I just told you the chameleon line. Now you're gonna, <laughs> now you're gonna gut me. This is not fair. Right, right. <laughs> you told us what we need to know. It. It's like a chameleon. I, I think that she may have seen in his eyes that that uh, he's going to believe her. Mm-hmm. Right. He's he's coming around. It's in it's in the trees. Uh, he's starting to accept that it might be something supernatural beyond his understanding, and uh, and maybe she sees that and is now willing to share what she knows because she feels like if she told that to other team members, and, you know, Dylan the whole time has been to Dylan has Dylan. been Dylan. Know, everything she says he calls bullshit on it. So you know what's the point? But maybe she mm-hmm. sees in his eyes that he'll actually listen to her. Maybe I will say I've had this experience several times where I've been speaking Spanish to someone. And then at some point in the conversation, I realized that they're fluent English speakers. At that point, do you just naturally flow into English? (laughs) Yeah. Then it's time to revert back to English because obviously my English is a lot better than my Spanish. And so they were just stringing you along. Hmm. They're being polite. Hey, but your your Shona is not too shabby either. I'll say I I heard you speaking Shona uh, at that, uh, 
church presentation oh, yeah. and that was like that was very impressive well thank you yeah no shona. one's ever interrupted my shona and to speak english because that uh, <laughs> those types of folks just don't speak english all that well so right uh shona is the language spoken in zimbabwe or oh. one of the languages spoken in zimbabwe exactly yeah, learn something new every day uh so so what do you what do you think about this actual <clears throat> revelation then about uh, her telling the team, well, Dutch first, but obviously the rest of the team is going to be informed uh, that she's just put it on the table. It's it's like a chameleon. It's using the jungle. It's changing the colors. Uh, what, what are you picking up if, if you are hearing this for the first time, watching this for the first time? Well, if if I'm Dutch. And I'm, you are. And I am. <laughs> I am. <laughs> um, this, this, uh, this kind of fits into the narrative, right. Of what has happened so far. Um, mm -hmm. So, and, and the way she says this, like she's staring into his eyes, like there's no real reason for her to lie. Right. Mm -hmm. So I, I think he's taking it at face value and um, is just sort of now adding that to this whole sort of story he's trying to put together in his head of my, my guys are being taken out one at a time. There's this thing I've decided that it's using the tops of the trees and the jungle to run around. And now she's saying that it's using the jungle like a camouflage. Um, and on top of that, his other team members have been spooked by this thing, in particular, Mac. Uh, Mac! 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 So, it, you know, it's he's trying to formulate a, kind of a, a, an idea of what's happening in his head. And I think her response just reinforces it. Mm -hmm. and, and so... I, I I don't know about his you know his psyche as a team leader, but um, I think this is just part of the transformation towards him you know accepting what's happening. And I liked him. I like him continuing the tradition of showing leadership traits. Here he is reaching out to a prisoner, not just in speaking, but also asking her name. Uh, it's really starting to humanize this character who is just a nameless prisoner up to this point. But now we're, we're catching a lot more details about her own personality. And like you said, we've seen it change the colors like the chameleon. Yeah. So, well, have we seen it change the colors? Yeah, I guess we saw it decloak. So it became from camouflage to decloaked when it was doing the, the whole doctor scene on the branch. I, and Aaron, Aaron, you were there to talk about that. And we got the glowing um, eyes, you know, that scene. Yeah. yeah. So like what reason does she have to lie? And we know that she's not lying now right. because we saw the same exact thing. So yeah, it puts her at a more trustworthy level with the team. Yeah. It's an interesting, we're in an interesting, interesting position as an audience member because we know more than all the team members, mm -hmm. right? Cause we've seen the predator up in the trees. We've gotten a shot of what he looks like. Mm -hmm. uh, and we have seen that he can cloak and decloak. Um, so we know more. So it's like, it adds to the suspense of the film, right? Cause we're waiting for the characters to catch up to us. Mm -hmm. and I really like that structure. I like, I like that design where they give the audience more than the characters have. Yeah. So part of that suspense is you waiting for them to catch up to you um, and wondering how that's going to happen. Like it's really smart. I think. Yeah. It's like, they all have a piece kind of like the three blind men trying to figure out what the elephant is in the room. They're like, well, this feels like, <laughs> A tree. This feels like <laughs> you know that one. They're like, yeah, they're feeling the different parts of the elephant, and they're trying to figure out like, well, it's all these different things, but it's not. It's actually all together an elephant. So they felt the predator. Like, what would the predator feel like? 
Do you ever wonder that? What would the predator feel like? Wow, I'm still stuck on three blind men feeling each other in a room. Feeling an elephant. <laughs> no, they're, they're feeling an elephant. You don't know that one? Yep, is that familiar with some of the primary philosophical <laughs> lessons of our time? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Smells like an elephant. Mm, feels like that too. Wait, these aren't pillows. Oh, it's oh, a good movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, just more ball handling than Larry Bird. <laughs> okay. Um, I, I like uh, Dylan. Dylan. Talking about how. Um, she must be talking about some kind of lizard when in fact the original predator design as we know looks kind of like some combination of lizard and insect yeah yeah. i i caught that too um although she's talking about a lizard as in like being a chameleon but Mm -hmm. i like i do like that connection there i think it's interesting that Um, becomes a more trusted member of the team at this point than i think dylan does briefly here yeah, you're right. She started to like pass him up. Yeah, and in fact, like when Dutch and Anna Anna are talking, like they totally tune out Dylan. He's there talking to the side, but none of them, neither of them, paying him any attention. You're right. They totally ignore him. He's in the background, like you're wasting your time. It's like it's like your annoying mother-in-law that's just like talking in the background. <laughs> ignore like, hey, we're just gonna have this conversation. You should send her a link. <laughs> Uh, let's see anything else that we have uh from this minute uh the the i put a little picture of the original predator design in the notes today mm. and i can post this um maybe i'll post this as the uh podcast minute picture so that when you download the episode it's the picture it's 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 dylan with the arm ripped off and the lizard costume in front so of him that is the original lizard costume yeah so you have to yeah it is so you have to think that when they film these lines perhaps it was a lot of it was in order and he's dying later yeah. right in the movie so maybe he re, you know released those or he said these lines and in fact it does end up looking like a lizard and maybe that was supposed to click I don't you gotta know. Uh, you gotta post that to the Palapa so people can see it because that's super interesting. I I I never had actually seen a, a shot of what that original costume looked like. Yeah, well, that's one of them, right? The other main costume that probably got used more was the all red suit, right? Which uh, was well, the red suit, optical. and the red suit is made to match this with the eyes yeah. kind of like wobble wobbly on the top. It's <laughs> What a funny costume. I love it. It is. Like, I can see why they just discarded it. Like, from the neck down, it doesn't look that bad. Like, it's kind of a cool design. But that, man, mm-hmm. that head does not quite match the rest of the... It, it, it looks like a, I don't know, like a weird, like, rat slash ant head, like, slapped onto that body. It doesn't quite look right. Yeah. Is that Jean-Claude in that? Outfit, do you know? Yeah, it must be. Um, I think that you said from the waist down, it looks okay. Whenever you see it move, it looks terrible. (laughs) It looks terrible. Yeah, the whole head just flops. standing on these like two-foot stilts. Mm -hmm. And so you had this like incredibly athletic dude, but like who's trying to walk on this like incredibly (laughs) poorly balanced thing. 
It looks like he's been drinking or something. It's just terrible. He looks like a like a really wobbly mascot where the whole body turns and the head follows like a oh, little right. bit after. It is so yep. it is so funny to see. It's like yeah, you would not be able to take that seriously. We'll have to get him on a basketball court with a trampoline and a <laughs> see what he can do. Oh man, <laughs> probably hilarious. I love watching those mascot videos of them like falling down the oh, stairs yeah, and launching. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm going to post that right now in the listener's plumba. Stay tuned for Predator Minute 61. All right, post the picture. Hey, what did you guys think of the uh, the fog uh, that they really laid on thick in this scene? Oh, yeah, they do. It's like, like smoke machine-esque. Like you can see it. Yeah, yeah. Them. Well, that's obviously what it is. Yeah. yeah. I, it's funny when they do that in movies because it's on the one hand, it's so fake like when you're out and about you never see like fog move like that right like if you were to see that much smoke moving you'd be like what's burning um mm-hmm. <laughs> but at the same time like it never it's it it's funny to me but it never bothers me like they do it so much in horror movies maybe that's why i'm just like assimilated to it mm-hmm. but um like i just watched the evil dead again recently and uh there's so much like dry ice smoke in that movie it's it's insane um but it does kind of give off like a certain atmosphere yeah yeah i feel like it's kind of like visual shorthand for a mystery is afoot or not everything is wholly revealed yet sure yeah what about you aaron what what were you thinking with the fog what came to mind i don't like it (laughs) (laughs) that's all it's rough gets everywhere uh just it takes me out of out of the jungle a little bit yeah uh Mm -hmm. which is not what it's supposed to do but i think that john maybe you can relate to this you know if you uh spent a little bit of time in an environment like that when i see it in a movie i really like to see a faithful representation to of it Mm. and so that's often what i'll be looking at when i see a movie that uh, has a setting that looks really familiar to me somewhere that I, uh, a place that I would know. Mm-hmm. And then when a, when they do something that doesn't seem right, it kind of takes me out of it. But mm. I think most people probably doesn't bother. It's just, how, just how would you have shown it differently? Just a quick, gotten rid of it. that's it. Okay. Government. That's it. I'm just saying like, like, so one of the things that we talked about in earlier minutes is the fact that part of the jungle warfare in this movie is kind of trying to evoke uh, very recent memories of uh, Vietnam War, uh, both real footage and movies that uh, come out at that time. And in those movies, they don't put in fog machines and <laughs> and stuff like that. Uh, and so, uh, in in those movies, are obviously meant to try to uh, put you in that, make you feel like you're in that environment. And if they're going for the same thing here, then I would I would say it kind of bothers me. But as you say, it's kind of a nice set piece that sort of directs the audience in terms of seeing that there's something mysterious and hidden going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can buy that too. So it's also morning. Keep that in mind. The last minute they told us mm-hmm. it's morning with like the animal sounds waking everybody up maybe, but also the sure. jungle wide shot showed a lot of fog over the forest. Yeah. yeah, it's just exaggerated. Like I can think of like wake up early in the morning, 
like if you're camping or something, right? And you go outside and the sun's coming up and it's warming up like the dew on the leaves. And you do see like a little, you'll see just a little, you know, evaporation happening. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's so, uh, you know, overly exaggerated here with like the dry ice smoke billowing behind mm-hmm. it. Yeah, I guess that is a lot. But it, I wonder if there's a practical reason there too, where it kind of masks the background a little bit. Mm. You know, maybe they were in a part of the jungle that was more sparse. And so by doing this, it kind of fills in the background and mm. makes it look less sparse sure and yeah maybe uh, more claustrophobic more uh yeah. tucked in just a thought just all right yeah i like it uh so do you want to talk script difference and john mctee commentary yeah let's do it all right so in the john mctee commentary he's continuing on about everybody having terrible terrible diarrhea from all <laughs> the food <laughs> <laughs> he was saying that uh, Arnold specifically was losing weight as the movie goes on. You can see it on the screen, but not from sickness, at least probably after the first couple of times of being sick. But he's just stopped eating. And I'm not really sure what that looks like on a movie set, how you could possibly stop eating for months at a time. Maybe he was just sneaking in some Snickers bars like Ken Caminiti, Ken Caminiti back in the day. Uh, but since filming in Mexico that first time... Um, McTiernan learned that you just, as a crew, need to take over a restaurant while you're filming in a in a location, so you have control over all the food. He says that uh, middle class people in Mexico don't really suffer the Montezuma's revenge. It's mainly uh, the tourists who are suffering it from poor grade food that's served to to them. Hmm. Um, Aaron, Aaron, you and I have been to Mexico a few times together. Did we ever, or you ever, or I ever have Montezuma's revenge? Do you remember? No, I've never had it. Yeah. I couldn't oh. remember ever having it. I have had it. <laughs> tell you about it if you want to hear. <laughs> what was the year? What the year was. The year was <laughs> 2008. Huh. I was uh, 28 years old, and I was in Honduras. Mm. My wife and I were, it was before we had kids, we were kind of traveling around Honduras for two weeks. My wife. Uh, my wife. My wife. Just kind of doing like the back, like we each had a backpack and we had a rough idea of where we wanted to travel and we were taking buses and doing this and that. And it was really fun, but you know, you end up stopping and just eating a lot of kind of local food at, at like food stands and a lot of street food, just, you know, guys like barbecue and meat on a stick um, over a grill. Yeah. About halfway through our trip, oh. uh, I woke up in the morning and yeah. <laughs> it it happened. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. It just uh, kept happening. And uh it had it kept happening for about three days the wrongs. after that. Exactly. Sorry we stole your gold. Yeah. Montezuma. <laughs> Sorry, Montezuma. Um the worst part about it was like I woke up and had a like kind of a rough morning there in the bathroom and uh we had to travel to our next destination that day and it was about a hundred degrees out. And we jumped on uh, like the $5 chicken bus and I was in a hot oh my God. chicken bus for about six hours <laughs> traveling to our next destination. Oh man. But, like there's no bathroom stops. There's no, 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 there's no bathroom on the bus, of course. No. And so oh. not only like, do oh, I have Jeff. like the shits, but I'm hung over <laughs> and my wife is also hung over. Oh. And, uh, at one point my wife threw up on the bus. Oh my God. 
and she just barfed on the seat. Oh. And just got up and moved to another seat. <laughs> oh. oh no! And no one even noticed. <laughs> Just keep going, keep yeah. going. Yeah. Uh, but I, I made it. I survived. I did mm-hmm. not poop my pants. That was, so wow. that was my goal for the day. Don't poop your pants. Don't poop your pants. <laughs> oh man, I, I, I had a, I had a, a Montezuma's revenge, but not from Mexico. It was from China. So whose revenge would that be? I don't know. <laughs> the general's revenge. General Stone's revenge. We're, we were there for I think a week. I was there with Sarah and her parents, and we were doing the student teacher trip, and we had all of six students with us. So it was a lovely trip. We saw a lot of awesome things. Uh, and then the last night we were there, like we were just told every day, like don't drink the water out of the tap. Don't yeah. drink the water out of the tap. I was like, great, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. And so the last night we're there, I'm in the hotel hot tub, and I like. I'm all, I'm wrapping up. I'm like all done about to go to the room. I'm so thirsty. I'm like, it can't hurt to drink out of the tap. Right. So like I, <laughs> I fill up a glass, drink the water out of the tap, fill up probably three or four other glasses of water from the tap and drink it. I'm like, that's fine. I don't oh, know God. what the big deal is. The plane ride home in the morning, oh, no. <laughs> I just start feeling it and it carries on through that day and the next day. And oh. like, yeah, it's, it was just like running from one place to the next, but it was like eating a bunch of Chipotle peppers. <laughs> Like eating a bunch of Chipotle peppers, <laughs> which I did earlier tonight, and have been suffering the Montezuma's revenge. It was like more like Zabriskie's revenge. Oh, Lord, Chipotle's revenge. Yeah, Aaron, do you have a story? <laughs> Gross. Tell us your Come poop. On. Tell us your poop, poop stories. Story, That's disgusting. <laughs> it's so low, bro. This one time, I was in South Africa. <laughs> Okay, okay, sorry. Was, uh, was, uh, my wife was telling me that we should go to this really fancy restaurant that was nearby. And so I was saving it for a time when we had a uh, child care for our daughter who was with us. Yeah. And uh, so we did. And uh, I went not realizing until we got there that it was a buffet night, which they don't normally have. I was like, ooh, African buffet. I don't know about that. <laughs> But what are you going to do? That was our big night to go there together. Right. So I think I woke up at about like 11 p.m. that night. <laughs> 11 p.m. Yeah. Hey. hey I, sweated through my, I sweated through my shirt. I was not feeling well. And then I spent the next four hours just puking my guts up. Oh, my no, wife came no. in and... Uh, uh, and I was like, oh, I'm sorry I woke you up, honey. I thought maybe she was going to offer me some moral support or something. She told me to shut up so I didn't wake up the baby. <laughs> <laughs> so don't eat the African buffet if you're not from Africa. It I think is the lesson I have been living in Africa for over a year at that point, And yet I still right, so what, would yeah. not recommend it. Even to people who live there. Could you could you pinpoint the uh the culprit of that night, do you think? No. Uh it was okay. it's just it was a bad idea. I don't know what I was thinking. I think what I was thinking was it was it was fairly expensive. Uh it was right. over fifty dollars per person. And so Holy cow. Yeah. And so I was feeling like I had to get my money's worth. That was probably the Yeah. 
<laughs> if there's something you need to know about Aaron, it's like buffet means like you're going to go back whether you're full or not. <laughs> Three trips. We're getting it. Yeah. Well, it's $50. Goodness. $50 for buffet. In Africa. In Africa. <laughs> no, that's like a That's Vegas. like $1,000. <laughs> that's like a Vegas <laughs> And I wasn't going to be paying for any meals for quite some time afterwards. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> and I didn't know that it was because I couldn't hold anything down for the next Right. I thought I just had to eat just because that was going to be the only meal. Oh, man. Oh, my God. Oh, good stories, everybody. They wow. Call that, they call that the, the African crash diet. <laughs> just go to the buffet and then lose 10 pounds afterwards. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Oh, oh! Well, thank you all for sharing your uh, disgusting stories. That was great. Really. <laughs> You're welcome, listeners. Um, <laughs> the last thing, minute based, I'll leave everybody with is this: is where I was talking about earlier. This is where the script really takes a weird, weird turn. It turns into a, like a pure '80s action movie for about seven pages, if you'll believe, of this of the script. Uh, whereas originally, <clears throat> um, the team is just instead of like figuring like instead of Dutch going to Anna and starting to talk to her, the team is just kind of making their way to the extraction point. And in so doing, they're having to walk along a really steep river gorge and all of a sudden the, the ground gives away and it falls and, and the team falls into like this massive vines just way, way below. And Dylan's knocked out for a little bit. Ponchito breaks his ankle. Dylan comes back uh, into consciousness while dangling over this river and then Mac and Billy have to pull them out <laughs> of this dangling situation, which is hilariously put in this original script. I don't have no idea what it's doing there because it doesn't make sense to me to have these characters in such mortal danger and then to save them just to kill them off later. It is a little out of place, isn't it? It's, like It's so weird. I put a couple of the script pages in today's notes and you can see how it just just goes way, way, way uh, into the the vines, as it were. Yeah, you mentioned this, and so I read through those script pages, and uh, it it's it feels very out of place. It's it's almost like I wonder if the original writers were thinking like, well, we haven't had like an action sequence in a while since that guerrilla camp raid, really. So sure. maybe we'll just throw this one in here before the rest of the team dies, and it's just Arnold and the Predator. But it, man, I can only imagine if they had put that in there, it would have felt so forced. Yeah, and it just it it's, it would feel like just action for the sake of having action. I think mm-hmm. it's a whole thing. Yeah, they like fall down this cliff, but it has nothing to do with the Predator. Like there's nothing. No, nothing. In here. Yeah, it's just them like slipping and falling, and then oh, I got to save you off this cliff. Yeah, it really right. doesn't do anything to drive the story forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think it was a good edit for sure. Yeah, definitely good, big, you know, healthy edit right there. It's not yeah. like the predator made this as a trap and then it was going to go clean up afterwards and claim those bodies. It, it was bodies. just bodies. It was, just, it was bodies. just a total accident, like a freak accident uh, in nature. And the whole team could have wiped out <laughs> right then. Oh, it's just, it's just so kooky uh, how these edits work and how we're like saved from a lot of extra yeah. unnecessary things. And it does bother me in movies when they do that. Like mm-hmm. I can think of other action movies where they just, you know, it's, it's like when in a movie, like someone's uh, walking through the woods and we get the unnecessary jump scare of like a branch falling in front of them or, mm-hmm. you know, a snake dropping down from the branch or something 
And it's mm-hmm. like, it, it's so clearly just a, a scare just to have a scare. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. Th- those types of things always kind of bother me because I'm like, trim the fat. Like, you don't need that in there. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, have we done it? Do we have anything else to add on this minute? Any more poop stories? Uh, I know I've done it, so to speak. So, Aaron, what about you? I, I pooped twice since we started. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, Zabriskie style. I like it. Just totally just economizing your time. Just comfortable. You yeah. Are you taking a have bath a limited now? amount of time in the day. You got to really economize here. Yeah. <laughs> what are you going to do with all that extra time, right? Mm. I know what you should do with that extra time. You should, should recommend to the audience, Aaron, mm. something that uh, you've seen or listened to lately or, uh, I don't know, not eaten. I was going to say I health. should go spend some time with my children, but, you know, this sounds better, actually. <laughs> Uh, you mentioned it. <laughs> Sounds way better. So did you have like a weekly recommend for the audience? Uh, come back to me. I'm working on one. Okay. We'll circle back to Aaron. What about you, Jeff? What are you going to recommend this week? Well, I, uh, I'm i going to kind of piggyback off a recommend from a, several episodes ago. I, I mentioned a ways back that I had bought a Nintendo Switch earlier. Oh, yeah, you did. Year. I did. And uh, I put it off for a while because I knew that it was going to take over my spare time, but I did finally purchase Breath of the Wild, Mm -hmm. and I've started playing it, and I know I'm behind the curve on this one because everyone else knows how incredible this game is, but you guys, did you know that Breath of the Wild is really incredible? (laughs) (laughs) I did. It is so fucking good. Pardon my language. Like, it is amazing. I am... The more I play it, I'm just the only word for it is I'm amazed by it. It's it's the hmm. I can't think of a better word than it is literally and truly amazing. The scope of the map, the scope of the game, how map. Every, map. every corner an inch of that map is thought out and there's something mm-hmm. to find everywhere. There's no like dead space. And just the way that you can kind of go about the game in any order that you really want to is kind of groundbreaking it's uh it's amazing so that's my recommend if you are like me and put off playing breath of the wild start playing it because it is so good Mm, so good i I love that game i I still will pick it up and play a little bit of it just have even after having beaten it a couple of times it's it was it was the killer app for me meaning like it was the game i just needed to buy the console for which i did and i was really really happy i did I hear they have another one in the works, too. Yeah, they have another one in the works. I haven't heard the release date because I might have read an article or two and already forgotten, but I can't imagine it coming up before 2022 because of the amount of work it takes to put such a huge world together. I can't fathom the amount of work, but I've been all my extra time that I would normally be watching shows or movies, I've been playing that game, so that's the only recommend I have this week. Cool. All right. Fellow gamer. Hmm. Uh, so, uh, I just finished watching, uh, this, uh, this set of three movies, uh, that, uh, I really enjoyed, but I also have spent, I've found that I've been spending a lot of time thinking about the movies, uh, more than I expected, uh, because they're, uh, largely sort of action driven and they're, uh, they're all written by this guy, uh, Taylor Sheridan. He wrote what he called his uh, trilogy of the frontier. You guys have probably seen at least one of these movies. 
Uh, the first one was this movie Sicario, uh, about the drug war down oh, on yeah, the border. Yeah, yeah. And the next one was this mm-hmm. movie about bank robbers in Texas called Hell or High Water. And the last one oh, was this movie, movie about uh, this murder mystery on an Indian reservation in Wyoming called Wind River. And yes. uh, they were all good movies. And uh, uh, they all, uh, I think, are, are similar to, uh, they remind me a lot of a, a writer named Cormac McCarthy, uh, who mm-hmm. has written a bunch of things, but the, the one people are probably most familiar with there's a, a book that became the movie uh, no country for old men and uh it's very much those movies are all very much in that vein and uh and honestly some of the movies like when river uh, comes to mind uh parts of it are very uncomfortable and actually didn't necessarily like it that much mm-hmm. uh in a lot of parts but uh but as as taking the three movies together they're all very well made and uh it certainly has made me think a lot about uh, about what what this guy Taylor Sheridan is calling the modern frontier of America. Uh, it's been very interesting. So if you'd like to think about that kind of thing, and if you'd like to spend some time contemplating about about modern America and why the way why it is the way it is, those are those are three very good movies for that. Yeah, good recommend. I love all three of those movies, but man, To Hell or High Water is one of my favorite movies that's come out in the last yeah, few. Of years. those three, that's my favorite. Oh. And it. Oh, it was so good. And it was nominated for Best Picture. And I, every, everyone, anyone that would listen to me, I would tell them that that's the movie that should have won Best Picture. <laughs> I love oh, that. I movie. never saw that one. I saw the other two. And yeah, if it's anything like the other two and you're all claiming it's like your favorite out of those three, then yeah, I have to check it out. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, it's, it's this really good mix of action and uh, kind of a heist and drama. And it's and it's, I also uh, like the so fact good. that it's, it's actually a little less brutal than those other two movies. I feel like Sicario yeah. and Wind mm-hmm. River, they kind of, turned up the brutality in several scenes and uh yeah and hell or high water is not 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 nearly as brutal absolutely it's just a lot of good acting uh good story uh and uh very well made yeah john i think you'd really like it it's uh i think it's up your alley you should check it out okay yeah, yeah I, I like a good heist movie yeah now and again and in that vein kind of like uh blending some genres it sounds like Sure. Yeah, and it's like I said, there's there's a lot to think about with those movies, especially when you think take them all three together, uh, which in theory is sort of the, the what the writer wanted you to do, which is interesting because Sicario has its own sequel, yeah. and uh, and those other movies probably have are sort of more closely linked to to yet other movies by by other writers and directors, mm-hmm. uh, but those three he specifically wrote to sort of. Uh, form a coherent narrative between the three. Mm. Hmm. Good one. Uh, well, I would not recommend eating <laughs> chipotle peppers out of the can. <laughs> uh, it's going to be terrible fireia tonight, so I'm not going <laughs> to recommend that. Uh, what I'd recommend, though, is a series of YouTube, video- <laughs> YouTube videos by a YouTuber named Ryan George. He is uh, His videos actually show up under the Screen Rant YouTube channel um screen rant makes all sorts of like movie related news items and did you knows and trivia things that i don't really care about but his series uh it's called pitch meetings um and his the tagline is super easy barely an inconvenience uh the uh setup is that it's just him delivering a pitch meeting for a movie to uh him as well it's and it just goes back and forth between these talking heads where 
There's like the the glasses bearing Ryan George as the scriptwriter, screenwriter telling the executive, movie executive Ryan George about a movie idea and Ryan George the movie executive tends to talk through the plot and like pick apart the movies but the way they go back and forth is really really funny so if you're someone who is like me and you watched a few cinema sins videos and you said well there, there, there's like there has to be a better way to do this I would say check out uh, the pitch meetings with uh, Ryan George under the Screen Rant channel it's, it's uh, really well done and they pick apart all sorts of movies like some good some bad mostly kind of pop culture popular movies but also things from way back when you have like a wizard of oz pitch meeting hmm. um, and you know other particularly well-known movies so I, w- I would check that out pitch meeting nice yeah i would like to check that out yeah so uh now's the time of the show where we talk about where we can find the guest the co-host the podcast itself aaron you're the guest where can people find you can't find me. Quit trying. <laughs> in your closet with a microphone. Could be in your closet right behind you. Right I behind could be you. raiding okay. your sock drawers right now. <laughs> oh, no. Looking for those size 13s. <laughs> Someone's birthday's coming up. You better find those size 13s. Heck, yeah. All right. So, Jeff... Where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter, Carl underscore Hungus314. I'm here to fix the cobble. Hello, my dispatcher says there's something wrong with Dinah Cobble. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And uh, what are you tweeting about lately here, uh, Oh, Jeff? well, I Let's have... pull up your latest tweet. Oh, something gosh. really embarrassing. <laughs> Probably. I haven't been tweeting that much lately. Uh, I think I my last tweet was about watching the uh, Steelers losing to the Dolphins for a while, but then the Steelers mm-hmm. ended up coming back and winning. Um, but I was really as a Seahawks fan, I have a deep seated hatred for the Steelers, so it was fun to watch them lose to the Dolphins for a little while because the Dolphins mm-hmm. are so miserably bad. But um, yeah, that's about it. I, I, I've been light on the tweeting lately. I uh, I tend to lurk on Twitter a lot, and there was a, a Joe Bob marathon recently on Shutter, and so I was on Twitter a lot for that. Um, kind of watching people live tweet as we watched Halloween movies. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I I'm in and out. I come and I go. Hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. hopefully you're tweeting <laughs> up a worth. storm uh, later on, and we can uh, all check in on. Uh, what you're doing, what you're watching, watching what you're thinking. What doing. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, where can we find Predator Minute on the interwebs? Predator Minute can be found on Twitter as well, at Predator Minute. You can email the show, PredatorMinute at gmail.com, and you can join the Facebook conversation at the Predator Minute Listener's Palapa. Hmm. And a lot more activity going on these days, which I really, really love. Um, my favorite latest post is from Chris Dylan Nonis. Dylan! Dylan! Uh, Dylan. There's a couple people dressing Predator attire. One person's dressed up as the predator and the other one is dressed up as other person's dressed up in the thermal vision uh, what someone would look like with like the red the orange the yellow the blue yeah he's like a human in thermal vision yeah (laughs) and the thing i made a joke about us is i said what's with that red part downstairs though and like there's clearly like this red line going across this guy's big old red just rod yeah right down to the groin from the upper (laughs) leg and i'm like what is going on there 
<laughs> well, that was my comment. I, he's just happy to see you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and Chris mentioned it's probably a tapeworm. It's not a tapeworm. <laughs> it's not a tapeworm. Uh, yeah, great. Keep them coming, you guys. Love those posts. Love those pictures. Yeah. Uh, especially during the holiday season where people are spending a little bit more time at home. You know, throw some, you know, spend some time, some quality time with your Predator Minute family. Mm -hmm. Every minute is precious. Every second is precious. Every Predator Minute is precious. Every Predator Minute is precious. Well stated, (laughs) co-host Jeff. (laughs) Clap, clap, clap. Stand up. Stand round of applause. And uh, we are wrapping up the minute. So for Predator Minute, I've been John Zabriskie. And I'm Jeff Glover. This has been... Dr. Zabriskie. Ooh. (laughs) And until next time, stick around. Stick around. Yesterday, what did you see? You're wasting your time. No more games. I don't know what it was. Go on. It changed colors. Like the chameleon. It uses the jungle. You saying that Blaine and Hawkins were killed by a fucking lizard? It's a bullshit psych job. There's two or three men out there at the most. Fucking lizard. What's your name? Anna. <laughs>